0: Welcome to the Women's Wisdom, our Journey in Emergency Medicine podcast, a production of the Women in Emergency Medicine section of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. Join Drs. Molly Estes and Liz Calhoun as they are joined by prominent women in emergency medicine and other special guests. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Women's Wisdom Podcast. My name is Molly Estes. I'm clinical faculty at Loma Linda University in Southern California and today I'm very excited to welcome to our little podcast, Dr. Shannon Kaliri. Shannon, thanks so much for being with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for talking with me. Um, I am a current third year resident at Advent Health East Orlando in their emergency medicine program. Um, I'm the chief this year. So excited to start that um, or one of the chiefs, me and Eli um, are co-chiefs this year. And then I'm from near Chicago originally, but um, really liking Florida so far. I've been here the past three years now.
0: Hail to the chief. (laughs) Yeah. As we record this, we are smack dab in the middle of July. So how goes all
1: of the July-ness of chief year? Oh, July has been so much. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) It's it's a lot, Um, obviously. So um, this is like never really a position that I thought, you know, I, I would want to have but i think um i wanted to really push myself into a uh, position of leadership that i normally wouldn't have um and kind of push myself to do something i'm normally uncomfortable with to kind of make me i was hoping it would be a better doctor in the long run of just pushing me to be a better leader Um, but also i enjoy helping um like the new med students and the residents i'm looking forward to kind of being a, a mentor for all of them
0: Oh man, if that isn't just, you know, the type A emergency medicine personality (laughs) right there, let me push myself into something I don't want to do because I know it's going to be good for me. Dr. Caleria and I were chatting, of course, before the recording started, and she shared with me this incredible story of her journey to medicine in general, um, which was never actually on the books. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so... um when I was, you know, growing up, my mother kind of, um, she was in dental hygiene school. And so all throughout my high school years and middle school, like she was like, you're going to be a dentist. Like, this is going to be what you're going to do. You're going to love it. Like make a bunch of money. It'll be great. Um, so God
0: bless dentists. We love you. I couldn't work
1: with teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind the teeth. It was just the, the, (laughs) the actual, like what you do every day ended up being not as, um, not What it seemed, <laughs> but um, so I, you know, I did everything. I went to my um undergrad, I was pre med track, which was entailed everything, it was like pre vet, pre med, pre dental. Um, so you kind of took all the same classes, so you could kind of go any way. Um, but I took the like DAT, which is similar to like the MCAT for med school. I applied, actually, didn't get in the first round, um, and then I Worked as a dental assistant for a while to see, you know, just get more experience before I applied um, again. And then I realized I, like hated it. It was like a lot of the same thing every day. Um, you know, it's a lot of just like monotonous things like teeth cleanings, checkups, like more like um, office like visits. You know, um, and then uh, there's like a surgeon or a, a guy that does root canals that came in like once a week, and I started working with him. Um, realized that I really loved all the procedures that they got to do. He worked with a lot more of like, um, sleep apnea patients. So I got to learn more about like the medicine side of that. And he was kind of my first mentor and kind of explained his track and kind of similar, like his dad told him to go to dental school because his dad is a dentist. And he was like, no, I absolutely like regret this decision. Like, I don't like my job. I wish I would have gone to medicine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lucky you, but I do. My heart does hurt for him <laughs> just a little bit. I know, but then so that kind of got me thinking, like, well, where do I go from here? Should I reapply? Um, and I was like, I feel like I should, you know, kind of switch. And so that's what got me into medicine. Um, and so because I knew I, I liked, I have always liked like health sciences in general. Um, so I knew I wanted to be somewhere in the medical field. Um, and then I worked as an ER scribe. That was like the next thing I did, and I like loved the emergency room. Um, it was. Like definitely hard being a scribe the first day and we were new scribes there. Like they'd never had scribes before. So Mm -hmm. like the doctors were getting used to the scribes and like some of them didn't want us. And it was was a lot, but no, um, I love the ER though. It was like, you know, very fast paced, like every day was different. I got to see a lot of different complaints, obviously, um, the codes that came in were obviously really interesting and I got to see a lot there. Um, which got me into medicine. So then I, you know, I flipped, took the MCAT in my off year and then applied to med school. Yeah.
0: Wow. Incredible. So from dental to medical with a little bit of scribe kind of uh, thrown in the <laughs> middle. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my, one of the favorite, my favorite questions to ask people when they didn't, you know, walk out of the womb knowing they wanted to be a doctor uh, is what is one of the things that you have found most surprising about medicine, both good and bad? So the the surprising thing that really isn't that great, but also the surprising thing that you never even realized about medicine before you jumped into it with both feet.
1: I think we'll start with like one of the most surprising things that I think is more comforting is, I mean, doctors are like real people. I think like growing up, like you have like, like such high you know, views of doctors and, you know, it is, it's a lot of work to get to where we are. Um, but like, we're still people like we are like human, we make mistakes. And like, you do not have to be like the top of your class at everything all the time to be like a good doctor. And I think that's like something that's, you know, I'm still kind of like working through is like being confident in myself and like, you know, it's, it's hard not to compare yourself to your peers all the time. Um, And I, but I think that's the most surprising thing is like, you really learn like, you know, everyone we work with is like the most real people ever. And like, not everyone you meet is like this, like crazy, like, IQ and whatever.
0: We didn't all get 280s on our step one. Right, exactly. Sorry, everyone. Um, Well, and now the step one's only pass fail. So exactly. At least least some of our audience listening aren't even going to get that reference. Um, No, I have an entire rant on imposter syndrome that, Mm. oh my gosh, I will share with you offline. But it's true, right? we,
1: We are extraordinarily
0: human. And are we held to superhuman standards? Yes, absolutely, because that's what's required when you're taking care of other human beings' lives. Mm-hmm. And some of that is appropriate, but we have to learn how to continually extend grace to ourselves at the exact same time that we ask the rest of humanity to extend a little grace to us as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, you know, on the other end, I've really been surprised, I think, um like, how much you have an impact in people's lives. The biggest, like, impact you can have is, like, the, like, worried moms that come in with their, like, child that has, like, a fever. Like, it's, like, I swear that takes, like, the most amount of time because you have to, like, you know, you sit down, you spend a lot of time, like, calming people's nerves. Um, but, like, to them, like, that makes, like, such a big deal, you know, that's, like, okay, like, my baby's, like, fine and, like, you know, everything's going to be Okay.
0: So, so true. I, I tell my students all the time, and, you know, my residents a lot of the time too, I'm like, look, nobody, nobody, well, very few people um, <laughs> ever came to the emergency room um, because they wanted to hang out and have a good time, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. is there because they are worried or scared or concerned or, you know, any of those very, very potentially traumatizing negative emotions. And to be able to hold that space ourselves to be like, oh no, hey, So I hear your concerns now, Mm -hmm. let me provide you with what I can in order to reassure you. Like that's, that's huge. And we don't Mm -hmm. give ourselves enough credit for just the impact that that has. Love that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, now you find yourself nearing the end of your training career, unless are you considering fellowship? No, I think I'm going to (laughs) go. I
1: I kind of thought about it for a little bit. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. (laughs)
0: I mean, it's a purely audio podcast, um, but to just describe the look that went through Shannon's eyes right now, it was, uh, oh no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we'll, I think we'll be done after after residency. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Um, So, so then
0: as you are nearing the end of your training career, um, you are still of the COVID generation of our resident trainees, and you have seen Mm -hmm emergency medicine and change in ways that I never saw emergency medicine change when I was going through my residency training and I'm not even that far out. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you think the field is going? And I'm gonna like specifically leave that broad because there have been so many conversations around patient volumes and throughput and overcrowding Mm -hmm. in hospitals and everything under the sun with emergency medicine. But when it comes down to it, we, as the EM physicians, we are still trying to hold the line of being able to care for our communities. And that job is getting harder and harder by the day. And Mm -hmm. so this is a question I've started asking like a lot of my own residents and the other residents I talked to, it's like, hey, so you've got a much different perspective
1: than me. Where, Where do you see this thing going? I came in as a med student, we were, it was like, The worst, like the worst of it. So a lot of patients, when I was doing my like ER audition, um, we weren't allowed to see like anyone with a cough. Like they were like, no, you're not allowed to go in there, like because they Mm -hmm. might have COVID and they didn't want to expose us to. Um, And so I haven't really known uh, a training time without COVID. Um, You know, we right now we're kind of in a period of time where COVID isn't as bad, quote unquote. But um, I have been seeing more patients with it again. Like it's going around recently. Um, And so I think part of it is there's still a lot of fear with COVID. So I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, reassurance still that, um, you know, and precautions, but I think training wise, I think we're just going to still need a lot of research because I think they still haven't found like the best course of action for treatment in in COVID patients. You know, we found like some things that work, some things that don't, um, but there's a lot of stuff that's like, was found to not be beneficial and that were initially used. Um, in terms of volume, from what I've heard, you know, we're starting to ramp back up and I've seen it pick up a lot more like volume-wise since when COVID first started. Um, like just patient population in general. It kind of, I think my intern year, it wasn't as bad in terms of patients we were seeing per day, at least at our uh, emergency room. Um, and now we're it's getting back up to like normal volumes. So Um, I think, you know, as long as it stays what it is now, and there's not like another surge of like this, like bad COVID again, um, I think volumes will pick back up and this will just turn into like sort of another like flu. Mm -hmm. But, But yeah, I mean, if it goes back to what, like what it was when we were like struggling to get ICU beds and, you know, like people on the BiPAPs and CPAPs on the floor when, you know, at least our hospital, they weren't normally on the floor. Those patients would go to the ICU. I feel like I would hope that we would kind of look into that and you know prepare in those situations to try to be ready and hopefully have more resources available because I think that was the biggest thing was we didn't have really any resources to help most of these patients.
0: I really like that observation because it's very true we we're really good in emergency medicine at pivoting on the fly, right? Like mm-hmm all right, global pandemic, now uh, invent outdoor treatment spaces for your patients. Yeah. Sure, no problem. I've got two orange cones and five chairs. Here we go. Here's a treatment space. Um, yeah. We, we are very, very good at pivoting on the fly. And I think that we are definitely entering a transition time of where, despite the fact that we're still in many places of the country, uh, pushed to our limits, we need to somehow carve out a little bit of time for a little bit of reflection to be able to say okay well how do we use this knowledge that we have gained through experience the hard way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. begin to prep ourselves for what might be potentially coming down the road whether that is another infectious disease disaster or whether that is just simply a a volume disaster whatever the disaster might be um, as a specialty we're really good at being Prepared, And we need to take the time in order to fully prepare ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love that. All right. Now, maybe final question, maybe I'll have one more mm-hmm. after this, just to mm-hmm. keep up your toes. But especially in your role as chief, you are now the mentor, right? You mm-hmm. are the, the go-to mentor for all of the Brand new baby interns, which I need to stop calling them brand new baby interns (laughs) in my shop, but I do do love all of our new interns. They're so Mm -hmm. great. I'm so excited to have them with us. But for all the brand new interns, you are the mentor for the medical students. You are now looked to as the defining characteristic of what an ER doc should be, which is Mm -hmm. a lot of very well-deserved accolades. But -hmm. if you could look back and mentor yourself for a hot second. Um, mm. what kind of advice would you give yourself back in the day?
1: I think, uh, the biggest thing for me and something that I still work on is trying not to be so hard on yourself, um, and, um, be more confident. And I know like, that's very hard to do for some people. Um, but I think it would just help, um, you know, if you're constantly being in fear of being wrong, um or like saying something wrong to the resident, to the attendings, you know, you're not, it's not a good learning, um, you know, spot for you. Um, it's not the best environment for you to kind of, you know, you should feel like a safe learning environment so you can like be okay and, you know, be able to grow as a person. And I think that that kind of hindered me as a medical student in some stances, where I just felt like too afraid to say anything. Um, or to like step up and be like, oh, I think like, this is what's going on. Like, you know, this is my plan sort of thing. I think I would have tried to tell myself, you know it's okay to be wrong. Like they know it's gonna happen. Like you are not expected to know everything right now. Um, And, you know, I think it helps at least for me. Like if you say stuff, then, you know people are more willing to teach you. Um, And so I think that, that was my biggest thing like especially on my rotations.
0: Yeah. If you know everything right now, then I'm literally out of the job. Um, (laughs) Thank you for not knowing things. I really like my job and want to teach you something.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Would you, would you go back and choose it again?
1: Uh, I think so. I, so like, I, I mean, obviously every job has like its pros and cons. Every job has its good days and bad days. Um, But I generally like love being in the ER. Um, I like the like fast pace like I get to run around and and talk with a lot of people all day um and see a lot of really really cool things and I I like the procedure aspect of it as well so I think if I did go back I would hopefully not go down the dental route because I probably I spent a lot of money waste a lot of money doing that but um (laughs) I think I, I would choose going this way again yeah
0: all right Final question, just for funsies. Um, <laughs> when you are not in the hospital saving lives, um, what are what are some of the things that you like to do with your free time? Because that's a huge part about this whole EM thing too, right? Is your free time your free time, so.
1: Right, um, I like to, I mean, I work out a decent amount or I try to. Um, here it's a little busy, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I I like to actually draw and I paint a decent amount. Yeah, so when I when I can, I try to do more like artsy things. I feel like it's a good like, switch off like very different from what i do in like a daily like work life very
0: Um, brain right brain kind of a thing yeah what's your favorite favorite medium i like watercolors oh Mm -hmm. how fun wait so so can i own a dr caleria original yeah you could
1: (laughs) you could i haven't done one in a while but
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe i'll commission something oh maybe i could commission something for the women's wisdom podcast oh yes All right. Well, we are incredibly grateful um, for you taking some time out of your incredibly busy um, training schedule, chief schedule, all the things schedule in order to have this conversation with us and for sharing your story with us on our podcast. So thank you so much for being here today.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And to everybody who's out there listening, we will see you next time on our next episode of the Women's Wisdom Podcast. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. AAEM is a nonprofit professional association of over 8,000 emergency physicians dedicated to board certification and democratic group practice. For more information about AAEM, visit our website at
1: www.aaem.org.